and being Father's Day, I wanted to talk to you about uh, that topic, of course. And so one of the best stories that we have in the Bible, probably the most famous of Jesus' parables, is the prodigal son. You find that in Luke chapter 15. It's the story of a rebellious son and a loving father. And that's really the impact that I want you to gather this morning is the loving father. I know that we are all uh, rebellious sons one time or another in our life. Uh, We don't need to hash out that again, do we? But we do need to talk about the loving father. And so when you find Luke 15... Let's stand together and we'll begin reading in verse 11. And we'll read almost the entire story, but not quite. Verse 11 says, And he said, and Jesus said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. And he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that land, in that country, and he began to be in need. And he went and attached himself to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Verse 16, And he was longing to fill his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating. And no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men." And he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the slaves, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this son of mine was dead, and has come to life again. He was lost, and has been found, and they began to be merry. Let's pray. Father, bless your word today. Father, today we celebrate our fathers in this room. Lord, help us to see the kind of father that you are, the kind of father you desire to be. Lord, help us to be that father as well to our children. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. As I said a moment ago, it's the most famous of all the parables that Jesus told. And I feel that it's very appropriate today because in our society, in our day and time, we're beginning to see a terrible trend taking place, and that's the defiance of authority. We see that on the news. We see the defiance of the authority of police. We see the defiance of 
of authority in government. We're even seeing that in our homes. We're seeing that in our churches. If you turn on the news, you'll see that for some reason, this younger generation wants to destroy the past. They want to tear down history. They want to break up the establishment. This all stems from rebellion. That's all that it stems from. And we know where rebellion comes from. It's a satanic movement. There's nothing godly about it. All of this is happening, tearing down government, tearing down parents, and tearing down God on the premise of freedom. That I can do what I want to do, when I want to do it, and how I want to do it. Jesus brought out that in this story. He did not call it freedom, but He spoke of it nonetheless. He spoke about the freedom that this young man sought. And then He spoke about the freedom that this young man found. And today we need to be able to express that to our children as well. He wanted the freedom, this young man, to do as he pleased, to answer to no one. But the Bible says he did not find that kind of freedom. In fact, the Bible says that when he came to his senses, your Bible might say when he came to himself, that tells us something there. That when we are in rebellion, we are not ourselves. When we are in rebellion, it takes a great deal of thought to come to yourself and to realize that the freedom that you were looking for is not the freedom that you have found. This man was living in a dream world. It was not until he took stock of his life that he realized there were some things in his life that he could not avoid now. And there were some things in his life that he had to do and they were not what he wanted to do. What kind of freedom is that? To not be able to do the things you desire and to have to do the things you don't desire is not freedom, is it? This young man realized that when it says that he came to his senses or he came to himself. He sacrificed everything that he had to find this kind of freedom. And now he realizes that of all men, he is the least free. Everything that he wanted and everything that he desired could only be found in one place, his father's house. As he laid there in that pigsty, he realized that all that he once had came from his father. And all that he desired also came from his father. He also realized that now he had lost his claim upon his father. He said that to himself, didn't he? I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And so he had lost the claim that he once held in his father's house. He had to humble himself. I believe if he had come home to his father and said, Dad, I grew up out there in the world. I learned a lot. And now I'm ready to assume my role as your son. I want my bedroom back. I believe the father, or at least this father, would have welcomed him the same. With open arms. It wasn't the fact that the boy humbled himself. 
as you will remember in the story, because the dad was looking for him. And when he saw him far away, he ran to his son. Without the son able to say a word from a distance, the dad was ready to welcome him home. The return of his son was enough, not the humility or the repentance of the son. The repentance was important for the son because without the repentance, the son would never have been justified. He would have carried that guilt with him the rest of his life. But because he repented, now the justification fell upon the father. Dads, think about that. When your son or your daughter does something wrong and they repent, the justification of that child is in your hands. They cannot earn their freedom or their acceptance to you. That is something that you have to give. That is something that you have to handle. That is something that cost you. That is something that you must deal with. The father of a rebellious son or a daughter is really the story of this parable. And so let's move past the son and let's talk about the father for a moment. In verse 20, we read, And he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him. You see, this father, we don't read it necessarily in these words, but he was hurting inside. He was destroyed inside because of his son. I believe every father would desire that his son embrace his own values. The son would embrace the values of the father. I believe that is the heart's desire of every father. I believe that a Christian father has a desire that his son would even contribute to the kingdom of God one day. That he would grow up and become a faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when a child rebels in their younger years, that pain runs deep in a father. And especially in a Christian father. Let's talk about that pain. Here's three of them that I thought of. One would be the pain of rejection. The pain of rejection. The rejection of his person. This father was experiencing the son rejecting who the father is. That's what I'm referring to here. This son, in other words, said, give me your money. I want it now. In reality, I wish you were dead. That's what he said when he came to his dad. You see, dad told the older brother, which we did not read later on in the story, he said, all that I have is yours. And so this younger son had that same approach or concept. To have all that the dad had, it was his already. 
but he comes to his dad asking for it early, asking for it now, asking for it in a roundabout way, wishing that his dad was dead. The pain of rejection of the father. Here's another one. The rejection of his, inherit, of his heritage. Not his inheritance, his heritage. He said, give me the portion of the estate that is mine. Apparently this man had an estate to divide between his boys, which would have not just been a bank account. It would have been land. It would have been crops. It would have been herds of animals. And so this just didn't happen overnight. It says in the story, a few days later, the boy left home after he received the portion of the estate. So what he did is he took the portion of land that was given to him and he sold it. And he took the cattle to the cattle sale and he took the crops and sold them to somebody. And he got the bank account and he put it in his pocket. And he took all of that with him to go to a foreign land. He rejected his heritage. What was going to be his. What was going to be valuable to him in the future. What was he saying by doing that? He was saying, I don't want to live here with you anymore. I don't want to raise my family like this or in this place. I don't want to be a part of this Family, I want nothing to do with my family's heritage. That cut deep into dad, amen? That cut deep into this father. The rejection of his heritage. One more. The rejection of, whoops, went too far. The rejection of his values. As I said a moment ago, every father would love for his son to grow up with his values. But in verse 13, we read that he squandered his estate with loose living. He did not go and join the local church in this foreign land. He did not go and imitate the model life of his father. He squandered everything that was given to him. He was not following the Lord. This cut the deepest of all into a godly Christian father. Someone who was raising his son to love the Lord and to follow him and then this child goes and rebels and does all of this. I'm sure this was the one who the final nail in the coffin so to speak of the pain of this father as he experienced his rebellious son. This brought him to tears as certainly it would to any Christian parent who has a child who goes off in rebellion. The father felt the pain of rejection of his son. What else did the father feel? He felt the pain of humiliation. Think about it. We don't read it in the story. I want you to think about it with me. This was not all done in secret. The boy went and probably sold the parts of his estate to the neighbors or whoever was willing to buy. And so the word spread. Guess what's happening in Jacob's house? Look what's happening to his son. And I'm sure that the humiliation of this event played and weighed on that father as he walked down the street and heard whispers and saw people staring at him and saw the things that the community was doing in the town-wide gossip. And it was probably on the gossip column in the newspaper and all kinds of things can happen when we 
see and hear about rebellious children leaving a home or leaving a Christian home. I'm sure the father experienced great humiliation in all of that. What else did he experience? The pain of guilt. True guilt and false guilt. What do I mean by that? True guilt being that, yes, there were mistakes that I made raising this boy. False guilt of people accusing him and judging him of things that he did not do in the raising of his boy. The pain of guilt that he must have experienced. Making mistakes, making a failure. Church, don't ever judge someone because their son or daughter become rebellious. There's a lot of good Christian families that have rebellious children. And there's a lot of non-Christian families who have great children. Let me give you an example. God the Father has a whole bunch of wayward sons. But He's not a failure, is He? Don't judge a man or a wife or a family because of the actions of the kids. Hey, there's a balance there. I know there's a balance between a discipline and freedom. And, and, and that's all has to be played out. The best can have the worst of children. Even the older son hurt the father. He treated both of these boys with grace and love. He was always willing to forgive and ready to move forward in their life. The pain of guilt, the pain of humiliation, the pain of the rejection of who he was. Now, let's move on, all right, to the Father's love. Very important this morning. The Father's love. There's some points I want to bring out of this. The Father did not reject his Son. He did not come home and say, I never want to see you again. I don't want you to have anything to do with this family anymore. You've humiliated us enough. I've lost all respect for you. As I said, as a young child grows, he needs to be controlled by the father. He needs to have guidance. But as he gets older, all of us know that we must be able to let go, to let them make decisions to gain experience by making wrong and bad decisions. A parent's primary responsibility in the Christian life is to teach your children that you must answer to God. We all must understand that we answer to God. I must be able to release my children and let them go without rejecting them for making bad choices. The father's love, he did not reject his son. It would be easy for us to do. We thought about it. You guys and myself who've had rebellious kids, we want to deal with them harshly, but I have to remember how He dealt with me. My son or my daughter may never know about the grace of God until they see it played out in the life of their earthly father as He is gracious to them and forgiving to them. Think about that, Dad. The love of the Father, He did not reject His Son. The love of the Father, He showed genuine concern for His Son. As we read, He was scanning the horizon daily, looking for His Son. Even though He was wrong, He still had a deep concern for His boy. 
He did not harden his heart against his son. A self-focused parent couldn't care less about a rebellious kid. Let me say that again. A self-focused parent couldn't care less about a rebellious kid. But a godly parent couldn't care more. Amen? This man could not care more for his child as he daily looked for him, yearning for him to return. This was a great example of us today. He also was a father of a genuine concern and a heartfelt compassion. He saw his boy. He ran to him. The Bible says he embraced him and he kissed him. Now I want you to think about this boy for a minute in your mind's eye. He just came out of a pig pen. Dad had to put sandals on him. Why? Because he didn't have any shoes. And he came on a far journey, so I imagine his feet were bloody and blistered. He stunk to high heaven. And the dad embraced him and kissed him. He had heartfelt compassion on this boy. Wow, what a dad. You know, he said, I told you so, boy. He didn't say that, did he? He said, it serves you right, son. Didn't say that either. Go clean up before you step into your mother's house. Didn't say that either. He embraced him and he kissed him. Even though he was hurt by his son, even though he felt the pain of being rejected by his son, He had a heartfelt compassion for his son. How many times has God embraced you and welcomed you back home? Dad, how many times? Don't allow yourself to become hardened against your children. This father also had an outward affection for his child. He ran and embraced him. Not knowing yet if he was going to repent, it was enough that his child came home. He ran Openly throwing his arms around his son, showing him his love. Fathers, don't be afraid to show your children affection. Don't be afraid to give them a hug. Don't be afraid to kiss them on the cheek, on the forehead. Don't be afraid to do that. This father showed an outward affection to his child. The last thing I want you to see here is that he showed undeserved generosity. This boy had already blown his inheritance. He had nothing. His portion of the estate was now gone. But what did the dad say? Put the best robe on him. Put the ring, the signet ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet and kill the fatted calf. Did this boy deserve that? You better believe he didn't. And that's exactly what the older brother thought. He didn't deserve it, but God's grace is undeserved. This father poured out in action pure grace upon his child. In verse 31, the older brother had a problem and the father had to balance between the two boys. The younger one needed grace. The older one needed guidance. The older one needed grace as well. The younger one needed guidance. The father was balancing between the two and he brought the two together. The father's love was tremendous love. The father in heaven has a tremendous love for you as well. 
Let's talk about one more thing. The Father's forgiveness. The Father's forgiveness. He was ready to forgive. How do we know that? Because He saw His Son from afar. This forgiveness was immediate. Look in verse 21. And the Son said to Him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in Your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called Your Son. But the Father said... You see, it was immediate forgiveness. There was nothing to be earned, nothing to be achieved. Earned forgiveness is not forgiveness. It was a total forgiveness. It was a complete forgiveness. Once and for all, it was over. This is what our Heavenly Father means when He says, Your sins, I will remember them no more. It means I will forget them. I choose not to remember them. I choose not to allow them to affect you again. When you think about it, a wrong is, that is not forgotten is not forgiven. A wrong that is not forgotten is not forgiven. It must be complete. It must be total. When your son comes home, when your daughter returns, you forgive them and you forget what they have done. Forgiveness is costly. Amen? Forgiveness is costly. Let me say what I mean by that. The Lord, it cost Him greatly His life to forgive you and me of our sin. But what about you forgiving your child? When you bear the cost of forgiveness, it is forgiven. But when He bears the cost, it is justice. You see that? If this father would have not forgiven fully and caused his son to earn that forgiveness, the son would have bared the price of that for the rest of his life, but the father would have called it justice. He got what's coming to him. But when the father forgave him and took the brunt of the forgiveness on himself, then the son was free. Forgiveness is costly. If you bear it, it's called forgiveness. If they bear it, it's called justice. Forgiveness is full restoration. This father restored this boy back into the place where he was to be. Here's my point about this whole story. The father lavished love and forgiveness upon his son. Do you know what the word prodigal means? It means extravagant. This boy went out and lived extravagantly, wasting all that he had. That's the word prodigal. Here's a great title for this story. The prodigal love for the prodigal son. The extravagant love of a father for the extravagant spending and wasteful son. That's really the point of the entire story. The prodigal love for the prodigal son. Fathers, do you demonstrate this kind of love for your children at home? Do they know about the grace of God because they see the grace of their father? Always, Dad, error on the side of grace. 
Bad choices by your children will teach them and give them experience. Error on the side of grace. There's a man named Joe Bailey. He was a great, humble, gentle Christian leader in his community. He tells the story of one of his boys back in the 60s rebelling during the hippie movement. His boy grew long hair and moved into a communal flophouse in the city center. It ripped the dad's heart out to see his son living like that all those years. One night he got a call late in the evening that his son was being held at the local police station there in Chicago. He got out of bed, put on his clothes, and went to the police station. No record of Jeff Bailey that could they find. So he drove to the next police station and the next. And after about four or five police stations, he finally realized it was a prank call. At two o'clock in the morning on his way back home, he happened to drive close enough to the flop house where his son was living that he stopped and he got out of his car. He opened the door because it's always unlocked. He stepped across several bodies that were sleeping on the floor and he made his way to a room and found his son laying in a bed and he bent down gently and he kissed his son on the forehead and he left. Years later, his son, who is now a pastor, tells the story to his dad and he says, Dad, you know what changed my life? Joe Bailey said, no, I don't. What changed your life? He said, it was the night you came into my room and you kissed me on the forehead. You thought I was asleep, but I wasn't. And that night I realized that if my dad loves me that much, how much more must God love me? And it changed his life. The simple, gentle act of showing compassion and affection and forgiveness to his son. Dad, you'll never know what that can mean to your child. That is the kind of father that we have in heaven. That's the kind of father he wants you to be. Don't be harsh. Don't be angry. Be correcting. Be a disciplinarian. But error on the side of grace. And it could change your son or daughter forever. Perhaps you need to come this morning and ask God to forgive you of the way you've treated your children. Perhaps this morning you are that rebellious son Perhaps you are that rebellious daughter who needs to come home. Who needs to find the forgiveness in her father's arms that she's longing for or he is longing for. Let's stand together.
Debbie's going to play for us. There won't be any singing, nothing like that. Let's just bow our heads and listen to the music. And let's think about our relationship with our earthly father, our earthly children, and our heavenly father. Lord, forgive us and help us, Lord, to see the beauty of this story. Yes, it is about a boy who kicked up his heels and ran off. But Lord, it's more about a father who loved him, who cared about him, who always had an open door for his child to come home. Help us to be that father today. In Jesus' name, amen.